0: Hey, what's up everyone? You have somehow, uh, via accident, come across the Sons of History podcast, but we thank you for hanging out and staying with us. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm Alan Joaquin. And we are the Sons of History, and we are going to be tackling, at least uh, addressing, a pretty controversial subject, which would be birthright citizenship Um, As everybody probably knows, on October 30th, President Trump made mention that he was planning on getting rid of... I had a string in my sock. Uh, (laughs) He has plans to end birthright citizenship via executive order. Alan, your thoughts.
1: My thoughts are that he has done some kind of research or his attorneys have done some kind of research mm-hmm. to state that he does have some merit now it's going to be challenged of course uh, there are going to be those who will fight him as it should be but he what he's trying to do is point out the part of the, con- the part of the amendment that states subject to the jurisdiction of mm-hmm. now that those words were put in there for a reason. Into the Fourteenth Into Amendment. Fourteenth Amendment. Um, if uh, if it was just basically stating that anyone born
0: in this country, no matter what, is a citizen. All here's what the amendment says. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, let's let's read over the Fourteenth Amendment, which was passed by Congress on June 13th, 1866, ratified July 9th, 1868. Go ahead.
1: All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Now, I think what he is doing is looking at this amendment and seeing that central part where it says, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why they put that in there. They put it in there. If they if they were stating that it, just anybody born in this country, they would have left that out. They're very careful about their words. We're talking attorneys here. They put that in there for a reason. And I think that is the part that uh, President Trump is tackling.
0: And I think that, that has obviously been the argument from with the left and the right of what this Clause means, I guess you could call it the jurisdiction clause. Um, What it means, and does it mean that the Constitution of the United States requires birthright citizenship? Um, And you had looked at the countries in the world because President Trump not only said, Hey, I'd like to end birthright citizenship in the U.S. via executive order, which I Find personally highly unlikely that that will be done. Even if he does it, I believe that uh, the Supreme Court will put it under judicial review and revoke it, uh, which would eventually, I think, bring it up to Congress and say, okay, let's let's address this again. Although I believe um, that it has been addressed, but you have a number of points that you wanted to make regarding what Trump said when he goes. Uh, we are the only country in the world who has an automatic birthright citizenship.
1: Well, we're the only civilized country in the world. That civilized a, or? I'm sorry, not civilized. Developed. Okay. My, my bad. Yeah, let's like. Let's not... <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Venezuela is. Uh, okay, my know. God. Venezuela is... <laughs> allows birthright citizenship. So. What um, does that mean? <laughs> well, come on. Venezuela. Nicaragua. Daniel Ortega. Come on. Help me out here, huh? Is Honduras? Uh, Honduras does have birthright citizenship. Funny, because all those people coming from that caravan, mm-hmm. majority of them, I believe, are Hondurans. A lot and of you them have, are Hondurans. You yes. have from El Salvador. Right. And El Salvador also has birthright citizenship. Right. So you know that their babies are all subject to the jurisdiction of those countries. Mm-hmm. Ironically, do you know who does not have birthright citizenship? Who? The Vatican. The Vatican, one of the most (laughs) vocal (laughs) opponents to US policy, the Vatican does not. Very,
0: very interesting, very hypocritical.
1: Yes, and they have walls too, but that's another subject. (laughs) Very high walls,
0: yes. yes. So, um,
1: that's. See, people
0: freaking out! All right.
1: So now, Canada at one point did uh, have birthright citizenship, but Mm -hmm. now here's, here's the part that's irritating is that. some sources that I have seen stated that they ended that in, in 07 or 09, mm-hmm. and, um, but they no, longer, they no longer use that. Yeah. In 2007, um, I'm sorry, 2009, uh, Canada stated that uh, illegal, the, the children of illegal aliens were no longer considered Canadian citizens. Uh, New Zealand, Ireland, France, India, United Kingdom, Portugal, all those countries revoked Birthright citizenship. Okay. So we are, if if it's true that Canada revoked it mm-hmm. and they, and it stayed in place under Prime Minister Trudeau, right? Then the United States is the only developed country in the world to have birthright citizenship. Right. Um, now there are mo- majority of the birthright citizenship nations are in the Western Hemisphere.
0: Correct. Uh, you mind if I throw this in there? Go right ahead. This is from the uh, Harvard Human Rights Journal. Um, and this was put together in 2012, it looks that is the case. A study of the, and this is what it says, a study of the constitutions and immigration laws of the countries of the Western hemis- Hemisphere reveals that 30 out of 35 sovereign nations in the Americas provide automatic birthright citizenship to children of undocumented immigrants. Therefore, if the United States were to retract such birthright citizenship, It may be following, as you mentioned, a global trend, but it would not be following the customary law of this hemisphere, the nations of which have historically been dependent on immigration. Um, I agree with what the writer is saying here when she says um, that the nations have historically been dependent on immigration, which has been the case. Um, America has been the melting pot. Um, and taken in so many people from over the past couple of centuries. Um, and that's more or less how, how it's been because this was the new world, uh, for, you know, what, from the 1600s on to, or 1492, if we will, with CC, Mm um, coming over and then you know so immigration was obviously it has been a huge part of this entire side of the world over the past what 500 years um does it necessarily need to continue in the same exact trend that it has um that is the question and i think I think what President Trump is really looking at is the loophole that is the jurisdiction thereof. Um, And all persons, what is it, all persons born or naturalized in the United States, is it a loophole or is that exactly how the framers of the 14th Amendment actually figured that it should be? And that's what we want uh, to discuss. I do want to mention that the 14th Amendment was sort of a a follow-up to the 13th Amendment, which ended slavery, which says on the 13th Amendment, and just in case you need to know, uh, was passed by Congress on January 31st, 1865. That was my stomach. And was ratified on December 6th, 1865. It says, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been Duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Freed slaves, but now the question of um, citizenship. Um, wait a minute. No, that's my that's my writing. I don't know what I was putting in there. Um, yeah, I'm an idiot. So neither slavery nor involuntary servitude. So Something we'll slavery. agree to on that? Huh?
1: We'll agree to that one? Yes,
0: yeah, so that I'm an idiot. Yeah, I started reading like my second point. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Well, you know, one of the
1: things that people need to remember is what went on in 1866. You know, mm-hmm. you had the Civil War. It, ju- it had just ended. Yeah. Uh, they they of- wanted to make sure that, um, you know, black Americans were considered, what, three-fifths of a citizen? Right, In yeah. terms of... Uh, Counting the census, um, and, and that reason, that reasoning was because uh, it had to do with congressional districts, where the South wanted to state, well, you know, these are people that need to be counted in the census, census as whole. Therefore, we need more representatives. But exactly. That's the, so,
0: and they wanted to, it was a power play for the South to utilize slaves, although they only saw slaves as property and not as people. Uh-huh. But it, when it came to giving them more power, with within the Congress and within, you know, representation, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. let's make them, you know, actual people and, and citizens and counting as part of the population. So, so the 14th <sighs> Amendment
1: came about to protect them and make them U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple things that need to be kept in mind, if we go back to 1866, you know, we didn't have airlines in those days, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it was much more difficult getting to this country. You know, now you could fly into this country, have a baby, and and stay up. That's a U.S. citizen. You can't kick me out. Right. That wasn't even considered in eighteen sixty six.
0: It was a little different, obviously. Well, at the same time, in eighteen sixty six, that was still during a time where uh, obviously the Civil War had just ended, um, and there had been the twenty year, you know time limit that the framers of the constitution had put in that okay we were going to stop the slave trade um once from the 20-year mark of the constitution being ratified and so but they continued people especially in the south continued to transport or uh, smuggle in slaves which uh, was obviously
1: very illegal
0: at the time (laughs) which was obviously illegal at the time and so People were being brought in illegally, and so this was, and this was even happening, you know, during uh, the Civil War. So this was taking place, and not only did it end slavery, but it was pointing out that even those people who were brought in illegally um, and then had children there—that's what the framers, I believe, were were referencing as well. Like, there's nothing that. These people could do because they were taken – more or less kidnapped. They were taken illegally or sold into slavery and brought in and brought into the American – through the American borders illegally because it was already against the law to – the slave trade was already supposed to be eliminated, right? Right. Right. Um, So that would have eliminated that but they were brought in illegally. Then they had kids and so they were saying, okay, even those – children are now uh, Citizens despite the fact that their parents are actually here illegally, but they were brought in Illegally now we still have the same situation obviously human trafficking and, and slavery is still um, a huge situation or issue um, Globally and here in here in the US uh, so you have a bit of the, the same situation when, when it comes to slave trade obviously we're getting off track here, but Uh, That's something I just wanted to bring up, that it was covering every child that was going to be born as um, or naturalized here.
1: Correct. But circumstances have changed in these past 150 years. Uh, We are now a nation of, what, 325 to 330 million people. And um, I I do, you know, at the time I, I... I, I, this is going to be my opinion, mind you. Mm-hmm. At the time, the Fourteenth Amendment was written to protect the slaves mm-hmm. and the children of the slaves. Correct. Uh, I can't. I, based on the way that they worded that amendment, with in, in subject to the jurisdiction thereof, mm-hmm. I myself cannot see. And I think a lot of people agree with me on this one. And I think President Trump agrees with me on this one. Have you all talked? Um, no, but, uh, he does echo the things that I have said, not the part about executive order, mind you, cause I am not a legal scholar. Mm-hmm. I just act like one at times, <laughs> especially when I'm debating on Facebook, but that's another matter. <laughs> but I, uh, I do believe that the, it was not intended for illegal aliens to just get over here, get on American soil, have a child, and then for the next, as he said, for the next 85 years, be subject to the uh, uh, benefits of being an American citizen. That was not my opinion, not the intention. Now, whether it's the opinion of legal scholars, mm-hmm. if they can find enough evidence to state that the that the writers of these amendments, that they're, they were also of the same mindset, mm-hmm. then we have a legal challenge. We have a fight
0: that could actually swing things and and change the constitution and to an extent i agree with what you're saying um because i don't think that the framers thought yes this will be um a this will be a protection for the children of illegal immigrants like this I don't think they created it for illegal immigrants. I think they created it to settle the question of citizenship for um, freed slaves, um, and I, th- I think it, it did a—I think it did its job with that. But at the same time, it is the wording of the Fourteenth Amendment that says all persons born or naturalized in the United States. And subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. And all persons born in the United States would be even children who are children of illegal immigrants. If they are born in the US, the 14th Amendment says yes, they are citizens of the United States. I mean, it's in it's in the wording. It's in the 14th Amendment. And it's, I don't know how you can say. Well, no, that's that's not what the framers meant because and I will I will sort of bring this up, the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which was passed on April 9th, 1866 with the 39th Congress, it says this that all persons born in the United States and not subject to any foreign power. So if you're born here, You're obviously not subject to any foreign power, but it has an exclusion there. Excluding Indians not taxed are hereby declared to be citizens of the United States and such citizens. Now, this is something that really sort of, I think, blows the top off of the, the conversation. It says, and such citizens of every race and color without regard to any previous condition of slavery or involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime with where the party shall have been duly convicted shall have the same right in every state and territory in the United States as is enjoyed by white citizens. Mm-hmm. So I think, and this was a precursor to the 14th amendment. This really set the 14th amendment on its path. Um, and this is where it all, it all stemmed from now, obviously this act was vetoed by Andrew Johnson, but Congress went overrode his, his veto and they passed it. Um, And so it's saying, hey, everybody, regardless of the race or the color, and regardless of whether you were a slave or not, if you were born here, you're a citizen of the United States of America.
1: Okay, but that was written, and and I realized that it was uh, vetoed by President Andrew Johnson and Mm -hmm. then overridden, so then it became law. And I'm going to assume that maybe it was challenged by the opponents, and this is where the amendment came in. Again, I'm going to bring up the part about the subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Just because a law was passed in 1866 does not make it the law of the land in the eyes of the Supreme Court. There have been plenty of laws that were passed and then overturned by the Supreme Court. So that part about the subject... Jurisdiction thereof. Now I know there there have been arguments on the um, for those who say, well, if you're born, that's it. Now there was a, a very famous case in 1898, uh, the U.S. versus Wong Kim Ark. Mm-hmm. Now Wong Kim Ark, his parents, they were not U.S. citizens, but they were legal residents. Right, they were here. Legally. They were still subject to the emperor of China. They were. And this is where we're going to go back and forth. Yeah, now, we will. Baby was born. American citizen. Yeah. Or at least we would assume that. Well, uh, this guy went to this uh, Wong King. Wong. Well, let's just call him Wong.
0: Okay.
1: Wong went to China and at the age of 21. Came back. U.S. government said, you cannot come in. We right. have laws right now that states that uh, uh, anyone from China cannot come into the United States. Now, there was no such right. There's law There's no against...
0: re-entry. It's the Chinese Exclusion mm-hmm. Act. Right.
1: right. right. Now, there was no such law against Germans, Yeah, Italians, anybody else, really. Really, right. So, uh, he sued. It went
0: to the Supreme Court. And he won. Now, now... Because? Yes. He well, won because... He proved that he was an American citizen. Right. Not that he was a legal resident. It was only that Chinese Exclusion Act was only applicable to people who were not citizens of the United States. Now, if they were legal residents, there was a law um, with the Scott Act, I think, of 1888 that said there is no reentry. If you leave, if you're Chinese and you leave to go visit China, you can't come back. Mm-hmm. So... Now, but was that law, was it targeted? I'm going to ask you this. Mm
1: -hmm. Was that law targeted because they were excluding just the Chinese or is it because, well, he's a U.S. citizen regardless? I mean, that's that is the question that some people are asking. You know, there's the argument that, well, you know, the Germans and the Scots and the Italians can come in they're They're free to come and go. But our law specifically targets the, the uh, Chinese, and we can't have that. Mm-hmm. That because then you, you you're not being fair to people that were of Chinese descent. You have to
0: treat everybody equally. Who says you have to treat everybody equally? What do you? Where, where are you referencing? Well, this like was, what do you
1: what are you referencing? This was the argument that that uh, I'll, I'll quote because this was here.
0: obviously directed strictly towards Chinese people uh, at the. Right, which you you really can't
1: do that. And I believe it's the 14th Amendment that would protect the Chinese, people of Chinese descent, that you can't create a law targeting uh, people from China, but but under the same exact circumstances, allow people from England, Scotland, Italy, Germany, whatever, to come in and and come and go as they please. So that's where I'm wondering, okay, I, I realize that this... This case is used as an argument to state that anybody born in this country, you're a US citizen, regardless. Mm-hmm. Obviously, based on the fact that the parents were here legally. Right. It, you really, you know, and if you're here legally, you are now subject to the jurisdiction of the United
0: States. Right, but they were not subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. The Chinese parents? The Chinese parents. But they were legal residents. They were legal residents, but they, they still were uh, subject to the emperor of China. That's what is that's what is stated in in this in this court case. Well, now
1: hold on a second. If you are here on, if but you're, you're trying in, to make a, a and and an, if ar- you're an ambassador, if you're an ambassador
0: to the United States. Let's say you're you're If the, you're an ambassador to, to an the Iran, United States, that's one of grand, the exclusions. There are right. three exclusions. There are the Indian nations, okay. there are the the ambassadors, all right? And then there are oh my gosh, what is the, there's a there's the third one. But um, but let's talk about
1: let's say you're an ambassador. You son of a You go and you crash your car into you're you're the Iranian ambassador or you're the Brazilian ambassador. You drink, you get drunk, you crash your car, you kill some people. Well, guess what? You are protected by diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity is not covered by citizens of other countries, but who are here legally. Let's see what I'm getting at? I don't. I do. You, if you're an ambassador, you are subject to the to the laws of your of country. Of your country, right. yes. But if you're a legal resident. You don't have diplomatic immunity. Therefore, you're subject to
0: the laws of the United States. Okay, this is true. But I'm just pointing out the fact of the case in 1898 that they said that the parents were subject to the emperor of China. Their allegiance was to the emperor of China. Okay. Now, so... it doesn't change the fact that if they were to commit a crime, they okay. are still going to be subject to uh, the laws of, of the land, which would be America. Um So, your point is sort of, to me, is at least it's lost on me because you're saying he Wang Kim Ark was a citizen of the United States because his parents were here legally, Legally, despite the fact that they they were subject to the or at least their allegiance was to the Emperor of China, right, or to China itself. Well, but you're. You're saying that, which I agree. Obviously, if you're born here in the U.S. and you're born here legally or you're born here and your parents are legal residents, that is a no brainer. The question at hand is, are people who are brought over here or parents who come over here illegally and then they have their child here in the States, is that child a citizen of the United States of America, and according to the Fourteenth Amendment, and according to precedent of Civil Rights Act of 1866, and in several other court cases like the 1844 Lynch versus Clark uh, decision, where uh, let me, I'll just go ahead and, and read what is what was said by. Um, By here, by by Judge Sanford, he says, with these various and conclusive illustrations of the uniform, wise, and beneficial policy of the United States, for nearly two centuries past, a policy which embraced every legitimate means for increasing the number, not merely of its inhabitants, but of its citizens, it is impossible to hold that there has been any any relaxation from the common law rule of citizenship by means of birth within our territory. He says, upon principle, therefore, I can entertain no doubt, but that by the law of the United States, every person born within the dominions and allegiance of the United States, whatever were the situation of his parents, is a natural born citizen. Man, I'm going to, I'm blowing you out of the water. That's an opinion. Is a natural born citizen. This is Judge Sanford. This is in New York. So this is a New York court case, Lynch versus Clark. Alright, so was pr- that overturned by hold the... Hold on, hold on. Let me... I'm yeah, going gonna, gonna to yeah, repeat. Finish, I'm going to repeat. repeat and I'm going to take care of you, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm going to go on because I'm going to destroy your mind. Uh, <laughs> it says... Your I very can,
1: presence destroys <laughs> my soul.
0: <laughs> I can entertain no doubt, but that by the law of the United States, every person born within the dominions and allegiance of the United States... Whatever were the situation of his parent is a natural born citizen. It is surprising, and here here it is, eighteen forty four, two decades prior to the Civil Rights Act of eighteen sixty six. He says this. It is surprising that there has been no judicial decision upon this question. Boom. So he says that he's like, I'm surprised there has not been any judicial decision upon this whole this this question and therefore we have the question brought forward and even in 1862 which and this is Lincoln's attorney general Edward Bates says this a child born and this is 1862 This is before the question has been resolved in 1866 and then 1868 with the 14th Amendment. He says, a child born in the United States of alien parents who have never been naturalized is, by the fact of birth, by the fact of birth, a native-born citizen of the United States and entitled to all the rights and privileges of citizenship. And therefore, the question has been answered in 1866. With the Civil Rights Act of 1866, when he says, and such citizens of every race and color without regard to any previous condition of slavery or involuntary servitude. So, yes, that and then you have the 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. You are born in the United States. You are automatically subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. And that's just how it's been. Now President Trump who tries to come in and say I can eliminate I can eliminate 1844 thoughts and I can eliminate the Civil Rights Act of 1866, the 14th Amendment and 150 or 160 years of practice and with an executive order is to me laughable. You can't do it.
1: Why don't you quote Elena Kagan or Ruth Bader Ginsburg and consider that the law of the
0: land? It, it would be the law of the land if there
1: was. Uh, if not there if were it's part, a dissent. Not if it's a no. Not if opinion. it's not a
0: dissent. No. Not at,
1: if it's a dissent, but if opinion. it's a dissent,
0: it doesn't matter. It's just conversation, and that's what I'm saying. Like you can come up with all of okay. Here's here's what was discussed during the 1866 and the you know the Howard and um, the Howard and uh Turnbull conversation during during the 39th Congress. you can have that conversation of like, well, here's what they were saying. I don't really care about what they were saying during those conversations. What I care about is what was written down in the amendment or what was written down in law. What was written down in law is pretty straight and straightforward and saying, look, if you're a citizen, if you were born here, if you were born on the soil of the United States, you're a citizen. Can you refute that? Well, based on some
1: of the arguments that uh, were stated in opposition back in the day, of course.
0: But it doesn't matter if those conversations were stated in opposition. Guess what? There were a lot of opposition that, you know, may have even made sense, but it's the opposition. Right. It means it did not win, therefore, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It is something that can be brought up later and for review. Hence, judicial review. Which I think that if President Trump says, you know what, okay, let's go ahead and sign this executive order. Okay, try that. See what happens. It will go before the Supreme Court for judicial review. And you know, you got five four, and it's. It, I I still say it's a shame to say five four. You've got five, you know, conservative judges, four liberal judges. I hate the very idea that that we have to say that, but that's just the way that it is. Um, you have a liberal court, you have like the Warren court, or you have, you know, or the, the Warren Burger court, um, and you have, you know, maybe the conservative court, which maybe people are starting to say, okay, now we've got a bit of a conservative court. Now, regardless, I think both sides will say, look, this is what the law says. This is what precedent says. This is what the 14th Amendment says, and this is what... Decades or over a century worth of practice has said and backed up, and I don't. I, I I think they would quickly overturn this executive order. Now that doesn't mean that Congress can't go and revisit the question, because I personally believe that yes, it is a loophole that has been exploited by people, and and I'm not blaming anybody for coming over to this country from. Places like Honduras or El Salvador, where you know it's very difficult to even make a living, or it's very difficult to live peacefully and without fear. I understand why they would leave and try to come here. I get that, but at the same time, now it's become uh, magnified that okay, now it's being exploited. Mm-hmm. That rule, that law, the Fourteenth Amendment, and the laws of of the land are being exploited as loopholes to say okay if i can just get here and then i can have my my son or my daughter become a united states citizen and then with that being said you know they can grow up and then if even if they even if they deport me or deport me and my husband or me and my wife back to our country our child will still have citizenship in the us and that will open up a door to either you know getting me in the our family in the door easier because I will have a child of U.S. citizenship. Um, And I I, I think, yes, it has been exploited. I think that the conversation needs to be had, but I think it needs to be to where, okay, let's just come up with a final solution of, are we going to get rid of birthright citizenship or are we going to keep it? Or do we need to make it more difficult um, where, okay, your opinion. If you're a legal resident, you can you can do it. But if you're an illegal, undocumented worker mm-hmm. or illegal um, immigrant, and you come over here and you have your child, okay, that doesn't work. Okay. If you come over here and you go through the right, you know, you go through the port of entry and you're doing everything according to the law of the land, because it's one of those things you're like, well, Dustin, they're breaking the law to come over here, and then all of a sudden, their child is reaping the benefits of being a citizen. How is that fair? And going back to what you had said earlier, like being fair, it's not about being fair, it's about what the law says. Right.
1: So um, in your opinion, what I see is if the Supreme Court agrees with you on this, Mm -hmm. and there's a very good chance that they will, just because they're conservative doesn't mean that they're going to strictly look at it from an originalist point of view. Take John Roberts. John Roberts is an an example of someone that he could be the new uh, Kennedy. He could, be the, he could be the new Anthony Kennedy.
0: I doubt it, but maybe.
1: Um, I do believe that he does not want his court to be that controversial, which is why he did not stop Obamacare. He allowed Obamacare to stay the law of the land.
0: And I think it's because he saw a loophole in Ob- Obamacare as it could be a tax.
1: Correct. So, so I think, and I think that he's going to do, I think he's going to do windy. the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's the kind that will punt the ball back or just let things, the status quo be. Now, um, if the Supreme Court agrees with you on this, and like I said, I believe that there's a very good chance that they will.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you
1: fix the problem? Is that you just let it be? Do how do you we, fix the problem? Do we seal the borders and say nobody gets in? Do we uh, create a new amendment to abrogate the 14th Amendment?
0: I think that one we have that conversation, and because I do want to have the conversation about the caravan, I do, um, but for time I, I, we can't address the caravan um, situation in this episode. Um, but how do you how do you address it? Um, you ad- you address it through through Congress. You address it through legislation. But you know that it will be challenged. It will be challenged by who? Uh, opposition.
1: Well, Let's of course, say, dude. It, yeah. There's and, always going
0: to be opposition in everything that you put forth. Right. You could but, have opposition for saying, hey, everybody gets candy canes for Christmas. But what I'm like, saying... Whoa, 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 no, no, whoa. No, no. What, what about the cavities?
1: What I'm saying is is that if President Trump comes up with an executive order, it gets challenged. Mm-hmm. And it, it may or may not end up in the Supreme Court. But even if Congress creates some sort of a law that's identical to what President Trump wants. First of all, I don't think it's going to happen because... The Democrats are going to take control of Congress of the House of Representatives right. uh, at the beginning of the year. So, if they're going to do anything, they're going to have to do it between now and the end of the year, which is not going it's to not happen. happen. So, uh, it's a moot point at this point that it's <coughs> going to be passed by Congress. Yeah. But if uh, if that if that comes up, President Trump, uh, you know, I don't, I really don't see how this is going to even change because they're not the new. House of Representatives is not going to create a law and if there is an idea of maybe we can create a new amendment, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get two-thirds or three-quarters of the Senate, Uh, plus I think you have to have so many states. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. Is it three-quarters of the states to pass the uh, amendment? And then, did or, somewhere,
0: I don't want to get caught up in all the numbers of, of how to kill I uh, an see, amendment or, or make one. I,
1: I don't see a new amendment stating that uh, you have to be a citizen. You can be a citizen only if, you're, if your parents are here legally or, you know, like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz was born in Canada to U.S. citizens.
0: But I still think that you can make adjustments to the whole idea that uh, the two things that were mentioned, not subject to any foreign power, which is from the Civil Rights Act of eighteen sixty six, and the rewording of that being and subject to this jurisdiction thereof. Um, if Congress wants to, I uh, pinpoint that idea and say, okay, what is this? What does this mean? Let's let's pinpoint what this means precisely. Um, I think you're able to at least restrict uh, some of those things, or you. Eliminate the whole idea of birthright citizen citizenship altogether. It's I not, just, I don't, see I that just happening. don't see it happening. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to think about this: eighteen sixty-eight. That's when that law was passed, which was one hundred and fifty years ago, right? Oh wow, we're yeah, was one hundred. Yeah, we're at the one hundred and fifty-year anniversary of the Fourteenth Amendment, um, and. It's been 150 years of doing the same thing. Now, there have been laws, and I do want to talk about that during the the caravan conversation, um, that laws have been put in place to limit um, and restrict immigration. Um, And that is something that I I definitely want to talk about. But due to a lack of time and us wanting to try to stick with uh, not killing this podcast, podcast with time, so our scripture comes from Romans 13. Paul is obviously in Rome at the time uh, talking to fellow Christians, um, and he's just saying, do what the law says, you know, abide by the law. Um, And even if you don't agree with what the law says, you know, there." and that's what's good about the U.S. is that if you don't agree with what the law says, and then you have people who are representatives or senators or, Uh, maybe in the judiciary. And when I say friends, I mean uh, people that you know, maybe not even personally, but you know their thought process. That's why we have uh, biennial elections, right? And that's why I think it was Madison who said there can be um, no fear from biennial elections for for citizens because you're able to change uh, the course of your country via elections. So if you don't like the law of the land, you that's why you vote. That's why you put in people with your certain points of view to make the laws that you hope get passed. Um, so yeah, in, in the US it's it's much easier because we have set into place our framers set into place the Constitution and the amendments um, to protect us, um uh, from government infringement, right? And so we can have these certain rights. Um, you know, this is
1: why I mean, this would be a totally different subject, another podcast mm-hmm. uh, why I believe we need to take power away from the federal government and give it more to the states so that if you don't like the way a certain state is run, mm-hmm. go move to another state. Mm-hmm. You don't if you're more left, There's California, there's Massachusetts. If you live in those states and you want to, you know, like I did, I lived in California for a year. I didn't like it. I wanted to be in a state that governed conservatively. I left, came back to Texas. Mm -hmm.
0: And it is interesting that, you know, Paul points out here that for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Uh, But you can see over the course of of history, and even uh, Paul knew this, Um, that there are rulers that are a terror to good work. Um, Hence the reason that you had a lot of Christians being persecuted during that time. You have a lot of persecution um, that takes place from rulers. I mean, there's a lot of persecution that goes on in the Latin American countries. Hence the reason a lot of them are are trying to get here because you have such, you know, violence and, and mayhem taking place in places like Honduras and El Salvador, so it's completely understandable that they would, they're would they on their way here. Um, but it also says that, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, um, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Look, if, if you, there are, and we'll get on this caravan thing uh, later, but, and we'll, we'll end here, because I, I could, we could make another podcast here. Um, but, there are ways to to make sure that you do things right. So you go to the port of entries and and you you request asylum and all, all these things, right? That's that's the law of our land. You do those things, you're not going to bring judgment on yourself. You're going to bring an opportunity to actually get in and stay, right? But if you resist, like Paul's saying, if you resist uh, authority, then what you're going to end up doing is bringing judgment on yourself. Like that's your fault, and it's sort of the fault of of anybody even legal you know citizens of the united states if they resist the authority or the law of the land because they're like well i don't agree with it i'm not gonna do it well you're an idiot because now if it's a 45 you know speed limit and you're going 75 because you don't feel like going slow well you bring judgment on yourself and it goes to a much higher um uh, a higher situation than just speeding well keep in mind
1: it's not a judgment from God it's a judgment from the powers here on earth right because um, you know even the Israelites were warned follow the laws of um, Assyria or Babylon because they were you know Israel was a, was a vassal state of many of those much larger powers and right the prophets knew that if you challenged if the Israelites challenged Assyria or the mm-hmm. challenged Babylon or challenged Persia or Egypt, they are going to be crushed.
0: Yeah, it's not going to go well. Yes. So listeners, regardless of how you feel about certain laws of the land, uh, do not be, don't break laws just because you think um, you're right. Um, the only way to make sure that if if you have a certain point of view to make it right, uh, do what we did a few weeks ago, and that's Vote. Uh, so, listeners, if you would do us a favor, if you would subscribe to our podcast, whichever uh, platform you're listening from, uh, or also go and check us out on our social media platforms. What are they again?
1: Well, you have, let's see, Facebook. Right. You have YouTube. You have Instagram. And you have Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, which I don't partake of, but that's it's a
0: rough place. Um, So, yeah, go check those out. Uh, Please like all of our pages. Please follow um, and yeah, keep the conversation going. If you've got any comments on our podcast that we took that took place here, uh, let us know and we'd love to hear from you. And also, while you're at at uh, subscribing to our podcast, go ahead and leave us a review, preferably five stars. uh, If you don't do that. That's okay. We'll take your review anyway. Thanks, guys. Y'all take care. Have a good one.